0: chats from the blog cabin
1: this is your favorite time of the week with your number one podcast
2: Welcome back to another episode of the blog cabin, you know, the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting all about climate change with the author of Kobe Manatee. It's a series of children's books that talks about climate change. And this particular one is climate change and the great blue hole hazard. But Robert, thank you for coming. Before we talk about climate change, tell us who you are and how you got involved in this.
3: Okay. Basically, um, I was born in Philadelphia. And grew up in the suburbs of Philly, and it was ever since I was a kid. I have always would like researching. Of course, I like children's books like uh, Green Eggs and Ham, Dr. Seuss, but more so, I'd gravitate towards research, science, uh, weather, environmental things, and I think that's how I got an interest—not in only climate change, but manatees. People think when I do author visits um, at schools, "Oh, you're from Florida, right?" i say no no i'm from philadelphia and they, they they look shocked but for some strange reason i guess when i was young you know six seven years old i must have came across a picture or some research on a manatee and i said this is fantastic and ever since then i had a passion for it um speed forward now um i got interested in climate change i would say a good 20 or so years ago but the reason i wanted to write this book now is because Oh, by the way, it takes us about two to three years to write each of the books. I have four books in the series. Wow. Um, I have at least I do at least thirty drafts and send it to my editor, and then my illustrator Lauren Gallegos. It'll take her another couple of years to get all the spreads just right. So mm-hmm. each each of our books is about two to three years in the making. So when this uh, was completed, it was actually going to be released last October of 2020. But again, we were in the grips of COVID-19, and just like the whole world shut down. So. I couldn't do anything with that. So here we are, fast forward to uh, September, 2021, I released the book and I'm interested in climate change is because again, as I gravitate towards science, I see so many factors where they're just being enhanced by climate change. We have record breaking temperatures. Uh, we had a drought in California. We had, uh, severe fires in california and now on record this is the most intense they call it the the, the river of oceans the the river of something the river of water or something that's coming across the pacific and that is basically from climate change this is a new record they never had a barometric pressure this low or this much water fall at once um me being in the philadelphia area i'm in bucks county just north of the city Back in July, we had the we had a record we never had before. We had eight inches of rain, in about oh, I guess it was five six hours. The Vine Street Expressway, which runs from East Philadelphia to West Philadelphia, was the the, the water level was almost up to the you know the bridges we cross where cars will cross. Never seen anything like it. Never. People had to be airlifted out of their homes, things like that. So, these are just more examples why climate change is so important. Right now, we have an nor'easter. And it's, it's, it's a strong one, and it's going to be intense. We have winds probably gusting to 35 miles an hour tonight with more heavy rain coming back. Mm-hmm. I Already here in Bucks County, I recorded five inches of rain. So mm-hmm. climate change is really important to my
2: heart. So why did you decide to focus instead of, like, the adults? Why did you decide to focus on children's books and and do that and focus on, The younger Um, generation.
3: Yeah, you you know that's a good question. I've always had an interest in kids. (laughs) I don't have any kids, but I've always had an interest in kids. Uh, Especially when I go out, you see them making. They'll always turn around and and make funny. You know, I make funny faces at them sometimes, and Mm -hmm. then it brings a smile to their to their face. And I said, I've always loved children. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure. Just uh, I always picture myself. You know, reading this to the child. And it, it's important, but I've always loved children. When I do the author visits, it's the same way. You know, they, the children and I react. And then when the sh- when the presentation's done, a lot of them will come up and hug me. And it, that just gives you, mm-hmm. it's a priceless feeling. It really is. So that's why um, I picked writing uh, books for children.
2: So what made you decide to, what? why did you come up with the idea of doing the Kobe Manatee books? I mean, Was it all of a sudden one day you're just like, oh, I'm going to write this book? Or was it just something gradually that you finally decided to do it?
3: Okay. Basically back in, let's see, what was it? I was a copywriter for a few years in Philadelphia, but we had the Great Recession of 2008, and I was downsized in 2009, and I couldn't really get back to the level I was at. So I said, you know what, Bob? I started, you know, saying, all right, this may be a silver lining. It's a new window. I have a musical background, I have a creative background in writing, and I have a business background. Uh, I went to Temple University uh, with a business degree, and I um, said, you know what, I'm going to put all these things in a mixing bowl and mix them up, and I'm going to do, I'm going to start writing a children's book. It was back in June 2010 when I first had the concept, of course, I wanted to use a manatee since I had a passion for manatees, mm-hmm. um, and I said, you know what, I wanted." to do this right. So I made sure I planned everything out just right. Um, and I said, I'm going to trademark this character because my mantra is um, what Walt Disney's concept and branding did with the mouse, I'm going to do with the manatee. Mm-hmm. So that that back then, that's my mantra. So I trademarked, uh, well, before Kobe, we had Cody, C-O-D-Y manatee. And again, since I was on the road of trademarking, I said, there's too many Cody things, Cody pajamas, Cody this, Cody that. And I think the first one or the second one was Marvin the Manatee. But Marvin, alliteration, and you know, I learned that from, from, from uh, author schools and things, going to seminars. Alliteration isn't that big today. It wasn't during Mickey Mouse time, you know, mm-hmm. many decades ago, but today I said, well, we can't do that. And as I did more research, the Kobe thing just came to me. It was K-O-B-E-E. And I didn't, it didn't dawn when I when I read Kobe, there was very little trademarked information and in products on the test search, it's called. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do Kobe Manatee. And it didn't dawn on me to a few months later that Kobe has two E's in the end of Kobe and Manatee has two E's at the end of Manatee. <laughs> so there's some more I have so many interesting coincidences uh, through this whole project. So that's when the Kobe Manatee was born in the summer of 2010. And my first book, like I said, it takes Lauren and I a good three years. So the first book was released in November of 2013. Kobe Manatee heading home to Florida. Second book, oh, which deals all about weather, was released in, I think that was September 2015. By the way, it's so important for me to have um, the educational component for children. I just didn't mm-hmm. want to do it children's book per se but i wanted to do a children's educational picture book so each of my installments i bring in a visiting expert so they can collaborate with me and make sure i have all the facts correct Uh, for instance for the first book kobe manatee uh, heading home to florida it's all about manatees i had to get my passion out in book one (laughs) and so i brought in I, i brought in dr katie tripp um from jimmy buffett's i Save the manatee club in maitland florida in book two Uh, Kobe Manatee, A Wild Weather Adventure, I brought in uh, Rob Marciano. He's the ABC Senior News Meteorologist. And Rob can be seen on Good Morning America and also ABC World News Tonight. For book three, Kobe Manatee Shipwrecked Sea Friends, I brought in, and I was really proud of this too, I brought in Fabian Cousteau so he could help me with the reef fish identification. Mm -hmm. Fabian is the oldest grandson of legendary um, ocean pioneer Jacques Cousteau. Um, and finally, for our, the current release, the, the fourth installment, I contacted Dr. Tracy Finera and Tracy was more than willing to help me with the uh, with the facts, with climate change. That's that's red. That's her cup of tea, climate change. And uh, Tracy can be seen on the Weather Channel as a visiting expert. And she's also seen on their uh, Weird Earth series that airs at, at nighttime. So, so, that's
2: how, Go yeah. so how did you get all these people to collaborate with you? I, again, I I feel it was just
3: the the heavens on my side. I mean, they all agreed to do it. You know, these people are high profile people. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: I think um, I was just blessed to get all these wonderful people, wonderful experts involved. So we have a really credible uh, children's book series now.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, for the... Right off the bat, you had like one, two, Jacques Cousteau's grandson. I mean, I mean, all these people that you wouldn't think, ordinary people would not involve, and yet you were, like you said, blessed to be able to have all these people Absolutely. involved in your books.
3: Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm, that's one thing I'm really proud of, you know, to say we have this project out and it's really good. It's really educational. It's really entertaining. And by the way, going back to my belief in climate change, Each of my books is printed in the United States, in Wisconsin. But more importantly, I made sure that the paper I use is FSC certified, Forest Stewardship Council, that means. That means that my printer needs to be certified and all the the forests are regulated by the FSC. And if you look at the back of each of my books, or even in the front, you'll see that little, well, there's a little green box there that says FSC. And that's the FSC certification. So that's really, really important to me. So yeah. I made sure I made sure back in 2010, I had all this planned out. I wanted to make sure I did it right.
2: <laughs> wow. And a lot of people don't think about that. A lot of people think, okay, I'm going to write a book about climate change, but they're not yeah. thinking about all the other different components. Like you were thinking about the paper, the books rent, printed on, you're thinking about the printer, you were thinking about all the other Little extra things that go along with it. Wow.
3: Absolutely. I had to have a game plan. Again, that's I guess that's the business side of me. But I wanted to have a game plan and an outline, not only for the creative side of writing the characters into each uh, installment, but also the business plan for, all right, how's this going to work? How are we going to scale up? And, and that kind of thing. Uh, we now have ancillary products. I have a Kobe Manatee plush. As um, so You can see them behind me there. And I have Kobe Manatee uh, stainless steel uh, So drinks and a little straw. So I'm slowly scaling up. My goal is to eventually uh, get another partner involved. And so we can scale up even more. So that's where I am.
2: Wow. So we need to take a quick commercial break, but then we'll be right back to talk about um, Cubby Manatee some more. And you're actually going to do something special with uh, that. You've done with every book that you've done.
3: Oh, it's a little, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chats from the blog cabin. And, subscribe. and don't, don't miss, miss the next episode. Chats from the Blog Cabin.
3: Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now.
0: Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, We believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, We have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways. And we've built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do. Um, and we would appreciate any support, either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com. And in the menu, click on Donate. And we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you.
2: And we are back chatting with Robert, the author of Kobe Manatee. And one of the things he told me, I actually was researching him before we came on, is that with every book that he puts out, he writes a song. So I asked him before we came on, would he be interested? Would he like to sing the song? So have at it, Robert. Go ahead and That's sing great. your song. It's—it's it's, This
3: is just simply called the climate change song. Here we go. And basically, each song that I write reflects the activity and the plot arc in each book.
1: We left the Cayman Islands and they were such a great thrill. Now we're off to see my cousin Quinn with her new seagrass grill. Oh, yeah. Then we saw this turtle with plastic caught on its face. We quickly solved its problem, but wow! Oh what a disgrace All this pollution, it's hurting our oh world. These greenhouse gases, they need to be hurled right out of here. Uh-huh. It's time to stop all this climate change. Our weather's turning out all oh, so strange, wouldn't you say? It's every day. Let's put a stop to this climate change. No planet be to rearrange the mistakes that were made.
3: There's a quick little verse chorus of the song.
2: I love that. And it goes along with the book as well. And one thing that I love with the book, I'm a former teacher, so I love the practical tips that you give in the book yes. about organizations that you can contact as well as some of the things that you can do. Let's talk about how we can, one of the things that really stood out for me was the tips you said to fight against plastic litter.
3: Oh yeah. Basically. Um, well, it, there's a lot of, finally, finally the, this, this food markets. I know in Brig I have a good friend in Brigantine, New Jersey and the, the food markets on the Island there now you're not allowed to use plastic bags anymore. You need to bring in uh, reusable bags, you know, cloth mm. cotton bags, which is excellent. So in, in the book, in, in my fourth installment, I tell the children, you know, make your parents aware. All right, we want to start using reusable bags. We don't want to use plastic anymore. Um, we want to join some of these organizations like forocean.org or fabian Cousteau Ocean Learning Center.org uh, These organizations, and there's plenty more in the book, they mm. all help Work with reducing plastic pollution and attacking climate change head-on. It's so important. Some other things that are important. Instead of buying polyester clothes, polyester is simply plastic. That's it, all it is. It's much better to buy 100% cotton, 100% linen. They're they're natural fibers and that kind of thing. And, and so go ahead.
2: That was one of the things that really shocked me because I was like, I didn't even know polyester was plastic you know you wouldn't think about that with the clothing
3: no I mean so as as a child and for so many years I wore a lot of polyester that kind of stuff and but since I do more stuff in Florida now I like linen (laughs) because it's so humid down there and hot linen breathes it's it's nice and cotton
2: (laughs) I just love that so how (laughs) did you once you decided to write your books how did you get connected with your illustrator
3: Good, good question. Actually, um, in my game plan, I made sure since I was a children's, I was a children's author, I wanted to join the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, SCBWI.org. In that organization, you're going to find many, many, many hundreds of illustrators with samples of their work. Uh, that's how I found my illustrator Lauren Gallagos. I loved the way on on Lauren's portfolio at SCBWI, how wonderful she made the characters look. The expressions on the characters faces. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Out of all these other hundreds of things I looked at, Lauren's jumped right out at me. And I said, you know what? I contacted Lauren and gosh, I guess it was back in 20 late 2010, early 2011 when we started collaborating together. She was a. I brought her on as my illustrator, and I'm not at all <laughs> sorry I did that. I, I she has phenomenal, stunning illustrations, especially the character. I mean, the character emotions. That's so important. And that's,
2: that's so a, true. That that's so true. And the fact that you're actually trademark Kobe Manatee and you're building a brand around it and making sure that I'm sure, making sure that someone you trust. With that as well,
3: absolutely, it's so important. And to, to bring that trust on, I'd like to tell not only my collaborators, it's but it's a win win for both of us. That win win for both of us really does establish the trust factor that you need as you advance in uh, in whatever in whatever in whatever life or whatever business you're in. I just happen to be in the children's book business, and it's so important that to say this is a win win for both of us. And that, and that makes a big difference in building trust. It really does.
2: One of the things that really stood out for me in this book was the, the turtles, because we as we were talking before we came on, I'm in North Carolina and you were talking about the Outer Banks. But sea turtles are huge in North Carolina with the, the turtles um, being hatched and they have the, the little safeguard. You know, if you see a nest, you have to safeguard it. And the turtles, I mean, even I think, Nicholas Sparks has even written several scenes in his books and his movies where the turtles are hatching and the people are going to watch them. So I love the fact that you're talking about how important it is to save the sea turtles as well as with the manatees as well.
3: Absolutely. This got me, well, I'm going back a few years because like I said, I go to Florida in January and February to do author visits. And one of the stops is not only Blue Spring State Park, but on the, on the, uh, Central In Central Florida, in City, Florida, but also Manatee Lagoon in Riviera Beach, right next to West Palm They're the same, West Palm Beach and Riviera Beach. They're right there. And I got a good – we developed a nice friendship, Kate and I. And Kate also runs – well, she, she's part of the Loggerhead
0: mm-hmm. Marine
3: Life Center in Juneau Beach. So for this newest book, I always was going to tell Kate – Eventually, Kate, I'm going to get a turtle in this book for you. And that's what we did this time. We have Tamika, the loggerhead turtle.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's why I did that. And and we now have Kobe, well, the climate change book because of the loggerhead turtle, also in the marine life mammal at uh, the turtle center in Juno Beach.
2: Wow. So that's how
3: the, yeah, that's how the t- Tamika got in there.
2: I also see opportunities for you to put these in aquariums and national aquariums and things like that. Have you thought about doing that?
3: I'm looking into that. Yes, we're actually, um, well, again, meeting Dr. Tracy Finera. I met her at Moat Marine Aquarium in um, Sarasota. So we're in Moat. Um, I'm looking at all other aquariums, especially not only in Florida, but up and down the coast and also mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Because again, these are marine mammals, but nevertheless, they, they live in water, just like anything else in an aquarium lives in water. So that's really important to me. Yes, as we scale up, I definitely want to do that.
2: Do you have any um, visions of trademarking anybody else besides Kobe, like doing a whole series of plushies?
3: Um, that's something I, I'm just, I, I've been so laser focused on Kobe, but it it, it it could happen. You know, it could happen. Cause then I would bring the, like, for instance, Kobe, the man, Kobe manatee tests the seahorse and Pablo, the hermit crab. They're the ensemble in all of my, in all of my installments. And, Tess loves learning and Pablo's the emotional one. He always gets upset about whatever. And Kobe is the hero, the protagonist. He's knowledgeable. He's selfless. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, you know, that's on the back of my mind, Melissa. We'll have to see eventually because I I could see that working as we, as we scale up and if we get get another partner on, sure.
2: Now I keep, you keep saying you go to these author visits, and school visits. So I'm trying to promote you as well. So tell me what it's like, like, how people book you and what your actual author visit is like when, like when you go to the school, what you actually do during that time.
3: Okay. Um, Basically, and I'm in Pennsylvania and I hooked up with an author group. I'm in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and this author group's in Delaware and Chester County. So I hooked up with them. I do a lot of author visits in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, and Chester County, Pennsylvania. And we would basically, well, pre COVID, uh, we would, probably do I don't I guess about 10 visits in the fall and 10 visits in the spring during the school season and it's a it's a blast people come from all over there's a lot of experts in there um, a lot of big uh, best selling authors New York Times and, and and Robert Scott Thayer's there too but <laughs> 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 and, <laughs> and, and it's such fun it's such fun Melissa because I always look forward to going into the classrooms. Usually I'll do second grade and third grade. Again, the books are targeted K through three, but just to, just to, to watch the children's expressions when I talk about manatees. Again, I remember I'm in Pennsylvania. Not many people know about manatees. It's now growing, uh, which is good, uh, but still, now Geico, if you the Geico insurance company, I guess it was about four or five years ago, they actually had three manatees or four manatees in their commercials. That was a nationwide media blitz with manatees, which is good. So the awareness of manatees is slowly building up, which is wonderful. But just to see the children's ex- expressions when I do the author visits, when I play this, when I play the live mm. song with the book, and then just talk about manatees in general, how friendly manatees are, I'll do it. I'll show them. Uh, I'll you know, bring big pictures where one of the manatees, this was in Jupiter, it was in the uh, canal, uh, the intercoastal waterway. There's a, a paddleboarder, and all of a sudden, the paddleboarders go, but then there's two flippers that jump up on the paddleboard. Okay. And she jumped back, but she thinks, oh, this is a manatee. And again, the manatees are curious. They're harmless, mm-hmm. and they love learning more about what's ever in their environment so they can do that if you don't know about a manatee would probably give you a scare the heck out of you you know Mm -hmm. because these things are anywhere from 800 to 3,500 pounds eight eight to ten feet long at least so if you've never had a manatee experience I'm warning you now they're they're friendly (laughs) so
1: (laughs) don't be afraid
2: (laughs) Which brings me to the point, um, to the question, what was your first experience of meeting a manatee? You said that you didn't grow up around one. So obviously, you know, I would love to know your first experience. of
3: Actually, you. believe it or not, my like I said, I started the project in 2010 and it was 2013 that we put book one out, Kobe Manatee heading home to Florida. And again, I learned, I got, I made some contacts at Blue Spring State Park and other places to do author visits. Well, I decided, you know what? i never seen a manatee yet, and before I do my author visit, I'm going to go up to Crystal River, Florida. Crystal River is a big area where you can uh, see the manatees really close, and so is Blue, by, Blue Spring, by the way. But Crystal River, you can actually go out in a kayak or a paddleboard uh, during manatee season, and they'll go right by them. So my first experience was, I guess I was back in um, 2013, early the, the winter of 2013. And I, my first, boy, I'll tell you, I was on this the kayak. Oh, by the way, I learned, don't use a kayak to see manatees. Use a powder board, okay? Anyway, the, they'll, they'll come right up to you. And this, this had to be, this guy had to be about 2,500, 3,000 pounds. And he just, you know, I thought he was going to tip the kayak <laughs> because as he came under, I said, oh, my God. But he knew just to get low enough, then he stopped and looked. So they're fascinating creatures. They really are.
2: Wow, I'm surprised you didn't fall over
3: and tip well, it. Was almost excitement. In my oh my that was my first experience. And these things are big. These marine mammals are unbelievably big. And the irony, the irony is that they are herbivores. They only eat seagrass. They only eat the manatee grass, turtle grass, that kind of thing. Um, and here's another interesting thing the kids love. You guess what the first cousin of a manatee is?
2: I have no idea.
3: An elephant. The elephant, if you can picture a manatee, the dark gray, the eyes, picture an elephant, dark gray and eyes, Who's all? elephants are also herbivores. And what's interesting about a manatee, the West Indian manatee, which is also a Florida manatee, if that that manatee that jumped up and put his flippers on the paddleboard, each of those flippers has three to four fingernails. Mm -hmm. And if you were to take an X-ray of that manatee flipper, it would and the kids are fascinated by this it would look just like an x-ray of a human hand because many many millions of years ago like i said they're related to the elephants. so manatees were land animals at first and they're born way back 40 50 million years ago Mm -hmm. Uh, and the kids are fascinated by that and i think the manatees said well look we love partying in the water so we're going to turn into manatees and the other gang like hey we like the desert we're going to be elephants so (laughs) this common ancestor (laughs) this common ancestor Is how the manatees and the elephants developed. I love how you said they
2: love partying in the water. Yeah, they do. They do. (laughs) So, what was going through your mind when you actually saw one up close? Were you like shaking? Like were you nervous?
3: It was fear, but I knew. I said, "Look, Robert, these these guys, they're friendly. They're they're they won't hurt you. They're just curious, and that's what he was, he or she." That's what they are. They're just curious. So that's why I'm telling your audience, don't be afraid of a manatee. They're big, and they can. You know, you're going to stand back, and you're going to be a little scared, but they're they're really friendly animals. They really are. Wow,
2: I just can't even imagine being. First of all, being in a, in a what'd you say, a canoe or kayak? I was in a kayak, but
3: I'll never do that again. You want to? You want your? You want better vision? Do it. Do a paddleboard. So the next why time. Would I'm,
2: you, why would Why would you suggest a paddleboard? Yeah. Well.
3: I was, I guess we were out there, there was only a couple of us in the kayaks, and I'd say the majority, 80-90% were in paddleboard. so by the time my little expedition was over, I was kind of sore <laughs> and in the, in the you know, uncomfortable places there, whereas a paddleboard, you're standing, you know, so I learned, and plus a paddleboard, you'd be able to see out much further, other manatees maybe heading your way, whereas in a kayak, you're, you're down to almost water level, and it's harder to see the these um, magnificent magnificent marine mammals so i highly recommend a paddleboard
2: wow i just can't even imagine what was i mean that just sounds like such an awesome experience but of oh, course it was. You- and, I,
3: and i have a good friend he um i guess that was a few years back he went to uh, puerto rico on a vacation and he was on a beachfront you know hotel there out on his balcony and he, he thought he thought robert this is a bit i see a couple giant rocks but then he went out maybe five minutes later and these rocks moved. They were big. And oh, then wow. he knows my background with manatees. He took a picture. He says, I think I just saw my first manatee. And he was right. So wow. that, just, they're just fascinating uh, creatures. Um, the manatees in Puerto Rico, uh, well, a Florida manatee and, the, and a manatee in Puerto Rico are under the West Indian manatee group uh, family. Uh, they just happen to be called the Antillean manatee in Puerto Rico, Jamaica, mm-hmm. over towards Belize in the Caribbean. And in Florida, obviously, they're the Florida manatee. But they're basically, if we were to put a Florida manatee up with an the Antillean, there's very, very minor. I think it's minor DNA changes. They're that hard to tell apart, you know, physically. You actually have to look at DNA uh, and RNA things to tell the
2: difference. Wow, I'm just, like, I'm so impressed with that much detail. How much research goes into your books?
3: Oh, uh, that's it. Again, since I was a young seven-year-old, I've always enjoyed science and research. So plenty of research goes into it. In fact, um, when I send my drafts, my manuscripts over to the editor, uh, she's, she's chopping away and not only the storyline, but, oh, Bobby, got to get the um, – the, the fun fact, Kobe's fun facts down more. there's too much information. And 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 obviously she's right, Susan. So, but I research and research and research and make sure everything, uh, well, then I bring in my experts to do, let them do their real good research and make sure we refine it to what we want to do in the book with Kobe's fun facts. That's why I'm so proud of each book being as, as, as good as it can be. And here's another thing we, um, this isn't, you're going to get a kick out of this. I mean, I couldn't believe it speaking of research, we got Kobe Kobe's book one and two in mainland China back in, I guess it was early 2019. But I wanted to tell the my agent there in, in Beijing and also the publisher, I needed to, you know, I want to see what's going on, even though it's going to come across in Chinese. And I'm glad I did that because especially, the, you know, because my name, you know, Robert Scott, the Kobe Manatee brand, I made yeah. sure they, you know, since we're trademarked, I made sure that that uh, trademark was on the front of the book and my author name. And I'm so glad that they sent it over to me. I, it's all in the uh, simplified Chinese language, Mandarin, but still, I translated only the um, what was it, a couple of things for book two. When Kobe Manatee, this is the Wild weather Adventure. He goes from Key West, Florida, over to Nassau, Bahamas, to surprise his sister Kim on her birthday. And if you if you know about the Atlantic Ocean, to get from Florida to the Bahamas, you need to cross the mighty Gulf Stream.
1: Mm-hmm. Well.
3: In my in my Chinese translations when I brought it over to English, it said, well, Kobe Manatee's going from Key West Florida to Nassau, and then he's in the Gulf of Mexico. So they 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 mixed up the Gulf, you know, the Gulf Stream with Gulf of Mexico. So all mm-hmm. the if I didn't look at that, because they were going to pass it, all the little Chinese children would think, oh, the Gulf of Mexico is between the Bahamas and Florida. No, <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico is west of Florida. <laughs> And another, oh, here's another funny one. This was in book one in China, coming across the fun facts again. Kobe Manatee starts his voyage back to Florida at Cape Cod. Okay. And actually the, the, the distance from Cape Cod to Florida, Blue Spring State Park in Florida, is about 1,200 miles. Okay. In the Chinese version, when I translated it, they had 200 miles. So, again, the little, Chinese, the little Chinese children would have thought, oh, my gosh. So Cape Cod, Massachusetts, the farthest 200 miles, that's not far. So I'm so glad I was able to train, you know, I told them that. because if I didn't, my, I would be, hey, this author doesn't know what he's talking about. What is mm-hmm. this? What is this? This isn't true. So I'm so glad I did that.
2: <laughs> that reminds me of the the Netflix things. I'm just bring it up. The Outer Banks, where they said you could catch a ferry from the Outer Banks to Chapel Hill. I'm like, oh. there's no way you can get to the ferry. It's inland.
1: No, you can go to Ogre Coke. <laughs> Ogre Coke you,
2: know, you can but... go to get to the mainland and then yeah. drive, but they that's had to right. take the ferry all the oh. way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny.
3: Exactly. So you see how people mix things up when, and that's why it's so important that I need to refine everything. And then I also have an editor. She'll, she'll edit and chop more stuff out so we can get it down again to that reading level for the children. And speaking of reading level, each of my, kobe manatee series installments is measured lexile measurement so each of my books is going to have a lexile level to let the teachers and parents and grandparents know the reading ability how well it matches to his or her child and that's so important too i wanted to make sure i did that
2: i love that and also the great blue hole i've got to really talk about that because i had to look it up because i was like is that really a thing because i had never heard of it before and I looked it up and I looked at the images and I'm like, wow, just imagining. I, so yes. I love the fact that you put something real that the kids can actually sit back and research more about it Absolutely. in your book.
3: Yeah, because I always had a passion for Belize, again, through my research. And I said, that's when I discovered the great blue hole. I said, look at this monster. And the, the great blue hole is phenomenal. You, from an aerial shot, you'll see a giant blue circle. Uh, in the beautiful turquoise clear water. And this this blue hole goes down to about 420 feet deep, and it's about 1,000 feet wide. And what it is, and uh, all these blue holes are ancient sinkholes. And I learned that from doc- Dr. Tracy Fanara. And sinkholes many, many millions of years ago, uh, thousands of years ago, were formed and as the sea level rose, that's how they became blue holes. It's fascinating. And as a matter of fact, it was, I guess it was, yeah, 28, December of 2018, Fabian Cousteau, Sir Richard Branson, and the uh, sub-pilot went from the top of the blue hole all the way down to the bottom. Wow. And they did discover plastic and some beer cans all the way down at the bottom, which is more evidence, you know, we got to clean clean the oceans up. We need to get rid of the plastic pollution and pollution in general and really tackle climate change so that wasn't that was an eye-opener for all of us because that was the first time human eyes went to the bottom of the blue hole
2: wow i mean I can't, even, I can't even do a great big blue hole yeah. i can't even imagine but i like the fact that you in when you're going to the blue hole the what is it the crab falls in which oh pa- pa- pablo
3: call? oh pablo he yes. falls
2: in and the turtle dives down and then you actually add facts about the turtle in there because right. the turtle dives down to save it
3: because i was so impressed with, like i said when i'm in florida when i went over to the loggerhead to the turtle uh, marine life center i was just so impressed with loggerhead turtles and again my research i called the uh, the doctor in charge of the loggerheads i think he was a vet also but i said how how deep can these loggerheads dive and to my astonishment they go down about 425 feet so i said oh perfect Perfect, because the great blue hole, like I said, it's about 420 feet. So if Pablo Pablo's going down the hole, you know, Kobe couldn't rescue him. Could, manatees couldn't go, but the loggerhead turtle, Tamika, sure could. So I uh, said, you know what? We'll have to see what happens. And, and does, does Tamika rescue Pablo or what happens here?
2: <laughs> I love that. So is there any more? What's your next step with Kobe? I know you just started this. You just released this book, just published this book. It's just come out. But what's your next step? What's your, where's Kobe going now your next adventure, do you think?
3: Um, well, actually, during COVID, as many of us, we're all, you know, cabin bound. <laughs> so what I did, I uh, I wrote uh, Kobe Manatee Christmas Magic. So my next Kobe Ooh. book is going to be a holiday book. And again, to give you a little background, what are we doing here? Okay. Kobe, there's something off the west coast of Florida called Christmas I think it's called Christmas Reef. And again, that's where I want Dr. Fennaro to do a little more research for me, but that's the crux to the story. And something happens Christmas Eve. And mm. it's up to, let's see what it? it's up to Kobe and the gang to really solve this problem so we can get on with Christmas day. <laughs> so that's it in a nutshell. Kobe Manatee Christmas Magic is my plan. And if everything goes as planned, I figure within the next two to three years, That'll be out.
2: And then I see when you bring that out, I see it being paired with a Christmas ornament or Christmas Kobe, like in a Santa Claus or something like that.
3: Yes. Paired with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to actually have, if you go to com, you'll see under the shop, I have ornaments on there now. We do have a Kobe Manatee Christmas ornament set to go.
2: <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> i
3: I gotta plan ahead melissa that's the whole trick here.
2: (laughs) so what do you think your business background has helped you become the successful children's author then
3: on the business background side i and also for my mentor mr lloyd remick he's my counsel colleague and friend uh writing a business plan is so you need to do that in any kind of business you whether you're an author or a plastic maker, or which you shouldn't be, no more plastic makers now, or <laughs> any, you know, auto mechanic or whatever kind of business you want to start. But it's so important to have a business plan because the plan will give you days, deadline dates, when this should be done by, why this, when this should be done by. And any good business person knows things always change. Nothing mm-hmm. stays according to plan. Look at COVID-19, how that messed every plan up in the world. Um, but having that business plan is a wonderful compass. It's a wonderful compass. So you can stay in the direction of your goals and your objectives. And eventually, even though there's going to be some challenges and setbacks, you're still heading on that magnetic North on the compass. And that that's so important. It's to, to, to do that, have that business plan.
2: Wow. I mean, I'm just so impressed with, like I said, the level of, of research put in the books. Cause most of the time children's books, they don't give practical tips they talk about, you know, cute little things, and you kind of have to pull out and research a little bit to add to it, but I like the fact that you basically can, homeschooling moms and teachers could actually put, our homeschooling dads as well, can actually use a whole lesson around this book.
3: Absolutely, and speaking of lessons, we're on Teachers Pay Teachers. All the guides are free. Um, again, the latest guide is, and the guide titles are the same titles as the book, so my latest uh, Teachers Pay Teachers teachers Guide is Kobe Manatee Climate Change and the Great Blue Hole Hazard. And the beauty is they're free. The teachers can make lesson plans from it. Um, if they get the book, it's, it's more fun because the children, the, the, the students can follow along. Maybe they're going to make something fun or do this or, or play this game. And again, it's more awareness for building for the young generation about how bad climate change is and how bad plastic pollution is. It's unbelievable.
2: Do you think that this will help save the planet or is it going to be to the point when by the time they get grown up, it's going to, the planet's going to be too far gone?
3: No, I think, and this is what Dr. Finera said, it's up to you and me. Every one of us has to contribute. It's not just, you know, the world as a whole. Yeah, climate change is big and it's it going around the world, but it's up to every individual to participate Use those, you know, no more recyclable bags. Use a reusable fabric bag. Mm-hmm. Um, use 100% cotton or linen clothes. No more polyester. And if we each do our part, as little as it may seem to you, the Earth ecosystem as a whole is going to get better. I
0: believe. Better.
3: I really believe. Now we have COP. Was it COP 26 coming up with the uh, at, at the at, uh, I think this is in Switzerland. When President Biden's going over the all the big uh, leaders of cop26 and they're going to be talking about climate change and how we really need to get the you know get the ball rolling we're behind in what was we were supposed to do from the last meeting i think was 2015 now we need to really get the ball rolling so i really think this is going to do well i really i really think president biden's going to do well with uh, with this message
2: cuz it seems like he's very big on making sure that the climate change it stops and that improving our environment.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, he has, uh, in his infrastructure bill, I know they were fighting back and forth, but eventually it's going to get passed. Um, climate change is in there and hopefully that's going to pass with climate change in there. Um, I know they had a chisel back on the funds and I'm not sure what the latest is. I didn't see the news yet, but hopefully all this is going to work itself out. I really believe it will. And I, whatever I can do to help president Biden, get him a Kobe Manatee, Climate Change, and the Great Blue Hole Has a Book to the White House, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it. Which
2: which brings me to another question. Um, Kind of popped in my head as we were talking because we were talking about how, you know, children, trying to reach children to make a change. Do you ever see Kobe Manatee becoming a cartoon?
3: I'm glad you asked that. As a matter of fact, going back to my author visits in the schools, when I'm done a present, you know, when I finished up, almost finished the presentation, oh, where's, is, where's when's Kobe's movie coming out? Is Kobe going to be on TV? So these children are excited. Mm-hmm. They're really excited for this uh, Kobe Manatee character. And that's definitely a goal. It's definitely one of my goals. And again, but to, to scale up, I need a whole lot more capital mm-hmm. for that. That's why I need a publishing partner or a partner in general that we can scale this thing up together because I, I know it's going to be a big success. Just from the little bit of, you know, that I've done already, especially Mm -hmm. with the school visits and just the feedback I get on, oh, this product's great. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that good things are coming for Kobe.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously you have you've been blessed so far with being able to work with four amazing people as your experts on the show. So, I mean, on the um, on the books. So. I yes. have it all feeling that in a couple of years, there's going to be a Kobe manatee. Oh, thanks so much. There.
3: I appreciate that. I, I, I do. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'll do whatever I can. She was, yes, I've been blessed so far. So let's see what the future holds.
2: Okay. So I'm going to put it out there. Cause I always ask this whenever I see something that I, it's an amazing thing. And I really think it needs to go to a movie or a cartoon level. Who would you say would be the voice of Kobe?
3: Oh, um, Alfonso Rivera, the, the guy on um, America's Funniest Home Videos, I and the,
2: and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the one that yeah yeah, yeah I, um, I just
3: feel because the way he you know he's, he's upbeat he's positive and Kobe's upbeat and positive and I I thought about this for Test the Seahorse maybe Kristen Bell uh, maybe Kristen Bell and then for Pablo I wasn't sure yet I'm not sure. Um, but I was looking into different things. But definitely those, you know, those. But Pablo, I'm still thinking about.
2: I love that. <laughs> now our time is almost up. Is there one last little nugget before we talk about where we can find Kobe and stuff that you want to share?
3: Sure. Actually, I always do this at the end of my my author visits in schools. I always tell the children, and this is a quote of mine: um, the uniqueness of you is your priceless gift. I always say that and I hope it, it's ingrained in them and they understand since each of us is unique. You're unique. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, each of your audience members is unique. I'm unique. Kobe's unique. So each of us is unique in our own way and putting it all together. That's how we make the world go around. We're yeah. all connected in one way or another.
2: That is so true. And like you said, Kobe is unique, Kobe manatee. So tell us where we can find out more information about Kobe manatee. Okay,
3: you can go to Kobe's site, uh, kobemanatee.com. Kobe's also on Amazon. You can find Kobe at Barnes & Noble uh, and all independent bookstores.
2: And if they want to get in contact with you to do an author visit, how do they do that?
3: They can actually, they can write me directly. It's R-S-T-H-A-Y-E-R at thompsonmillpress.com. And that's my, and I'll respond to any email that I get.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Robert, for coming on and for sharing about Kobe. He's so cute. He is just Thanks. the cutest little thing ever. But like I said, <laughs> I'm really partial to that sea turtle because of North Carolina and being around the sea turtle. And look, there's the crab right there. And I- There's probably-, probably, yeah, probably There they I are, right. I totally blamed on that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank you for coming on and for sharing your passion for manatees, for sharing your passions for climate change. Like we said before we came on, my daughter is studying her That's PhD fantastic. in environmental toxicology. So oh yeah. So fantastic. it's important that we make everybody can one little person, one little change that we make can affect each the whole of us. world.
3: Right. And it will. Yes. I we can get rid of this during climate change. It's in my song, you know, let's let's stop climate change. We can do it.
2: Yep. So guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere where you can find Robert as well as where you can get Kobe manatee books and his plushies and, and <laughs> Christmas ornaments and everything else that he has. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to maybe one day him coming back and talking about the launch of the new cartoon or the launch of the Kobe. That would
3: be wonderful. Or I can give you an update or can we get yeah. Kobe in the White House? Whatever. Yeah,
2: Kobe in the White House, too. Kobe That's with President right. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever presidents at the time. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. <laughs> so, as always, guys, be blessed. And most importantly, keep chatting and do what you can for climate change. I'm adding that for you.
3: Perfect. Love
0: it.
2: Chats from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but
0: also... Faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.